Today I sit down with actor Greg Hill. Greg is in the movie Operation Finale, which is currently in theaters. It's an amazing movie, and Greg gives an unbelievable performance. If you look at Greg's role in Operation Finale, compared to another role of his in the movie Wolfman's Hammer, you would think it was a completely different act. Greg mentioned that he likes to challenge himself and take on completely new roles from one project to another. Greg brings so much truth to his performance. It's almost like watching a documentary. You just can't quite believe that his character isn't a real person. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Greg Hill. We're going to start that over. All right. <laughs> Welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, again. Yeah, again. Uh, the recording device uh, okay, stopped recording, so... Um, Greg just told an amazing story. <laughs> this is <laughs> we'll try, we'll try to redo it. As a whole, um, yeah. <laughs> no, we were talking about so. So you saw Operation. I Finale. did see it. Yeah. Did you, uh, when did you see it? I saw it. I think two weeks ago now in theater. I saw oh, it at cool. ArcLight. Cool. Um, and what I was just mentioning uh, was that you know your character. I feel like really embodied what I was going through as an audience member mm-hmm. because the. Um, yeah, as the audience member, I'm watching uh, Adolf Eichmann, this Nazi that you're supposed to hate, and you do, but he's played by Ben Kingsley, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm finding myself <laughs> slit and almost like him, and yeah. I have to pull myself back. And your character, at one moment, uh, Ben Kingsley's character, Eichmann, made a joke, and you laughed, caught yourself, and then walked out. Yeah. And I felt like that was, you really uh, embodied what I was going through watching that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people feel that way um, from what I've heard from various people uh, because that's a very human moment. Like, <laughs> Anyways, it, um, yeah, the the whole time Moshe is kind of, he's got this one objective. He, just, he was part of the, the, the Jewish brigade and also the uh, Jewish Avengers who would go around and hold these trials with, uh, ex-Nazis or SS officers whatever they'd go to their house as you see in the beginning of the film they would actually do that um, and they'd take these guys out and Moshe would just strangle them with his bare hands you know and so so that's what he wanted to do to, to Eichmann throughout the, the film and there is a moment where he is there in the closet and he's strangling him and I think he's about ready to kill it kill yeah because he's had it he's had it with this guy um yeah yeah that's just that's yeah that um you know uh between takes was i'm just curious was you know i, I know you had mentioned that just being on a movie where you're telling a true story and telling a story of that weight there you feel that weight in yeah. the you know it's when making this movie and I'm just curious between takes is um is Ben Kingsley uh light and jovial or is he is he kind of stay as Adolf Eichmann uh he is Adolf Eichmann he, he is Adolf he, Eichmann yeah, he, you know as the weeks went by um he, he kind of loosened up a little or I wouldn't say loosen up but he was a little bit more uh talkative a little bit more playful between takes when we were doing lighter things like uh, there's this one night where we were just basically running him out of the house into the car or whatever and you know make a little couple jokes here and there but for the most part he takes his work very seriously mm-hmm. and he, he, I mean I just assume he, he liked the set to be quiet and for everybody to just be there to work and not to joke around or whatever, which sure. is the way that I like it as well. I don't yeah. like to when I'm working. I don't. I don't. I don't like to have conversations between takes. I don't like to uh, to make jokes. I don't. I don't really. I don't really hang out in the green room and, and mm-hmm. chit chat with people. Not that I, I see anything against that. It's just that for me, I gotta stay very focused on the work because if I don't, I feel like I'll I'll screw up in some way. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I do feel like if you like joke around, it would take you a bit to get back to that energy. Well, that yeah, I'm, I'm one of these people who, you know, from the, from the time 
I mean, depending on what the the production is like, let's say, you know, they pick you up. From that time, I have my call time and I get to my trailer, whatever. It's, it's just, I'm in work mode <clears throat> until... There's this weird, I don't know if you experience this feeling as well, but uh, when you rap at the end of the night and you feel like this this energy comes to over you and you just feel like you want to stay up till six in the morning because you're so, like you're drained throughout the yeah. day and get drained. But then when it's like, oh, that's a wrap, it's like... Such a lift. Such a lift, a, yeah. of, a heavy lift off your shoulders. But between, you know, call time to rap each day, it's I, I try to stay in it. And yeah. Because if I don't stay in it, then... Um, I just have to, f that's how I work. That's how I f it's best for me to focus that way. Yeah, I hear you on that. Cause I, uh, you know. I, I feel like there's like an energy that I try to keep. Yeah. And if I, if I let it dissipate or get like, you know, not serious, it's, yeah. it's hard to pull it back. And Absolutely. Uh, there's people that I've worked with who, you know, they say cut and all of a sudden they're on telling jokes or, and they could just switch it on and on. Yeah. They're just able to do that. But I, I'm not... I cannot do that. Yeah. I can't do it. And usually the preparation process months before doing a film is a big part of that. It's a big part of like just changing the physicality, changing the, the, the way you talk, what words you use, the little nuances that make people individuals. And then like, I feel like once you've got that, you're, I'm kind of barely hanging on to it and I need to maintain that mm -hmm. for the better part of the majority of the film. And then there comes a point later on, maybe like two weeks, a week or two before I wrap, where it's like, okay, now I can kind of ease up a little bit and, and kind of let go because I have it. Kind of in the groove of it. Yeah. And then when you wrap, it's like the greatest feeling in the world for 15 minutes and all of a sudden you realize you have no uh, kind of direction in your life and what are you going to do yeah. next? And, and you, it's hard to adapt to back to uh, ordinary life. It really, is. I was just talking with uh, another actor friend yesterday about that exact yeah. about that exact thing where it's almost like a, a hit of a drug, and you like when I when in the movie wraps, I'm like I'm like scratching, going like I need a, I need another hit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like how do I how do I find this hit? I'm like searching and reaching out to you know you're trying yeah. to find the next movie. Well, maybe that some of that has a lot to do with like being an actor. You're always investigating uh, different you know jobs and uh, professions and I mean I'm, I I didn't really know much about the Mossad but all of a sudden I have to be a Mossad agent in yeah. the 1960s so it's like you devote two three four months of your life to that to just that one thing almost like it's your your religion or something mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's taken away from you it's like, well, what, what do I do now, you know? And, yeah. and a normal person maybe has a job for, I don't know, like, let's say 10 to 15 years, they have their career, and then they lose that, and they feel a sense of, like, loss as well. But I think it's because it's in such short spurts throughout the year when we do work, that it's just at a more, I don't know, progressive rate or something. It's, it's a weird kind of thing. It's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a short spurt of just obsession. Yeah, obsession and just and yeah and I mean obsession. It, like it feels good to obsess about a certain thing if it yeah if it, you know if it absolutely especially if it if it it's for a reason and it's gonna have a good payoff. Yeah, if you're not just obsessing over some you know making an airplane model. Yeah, like right. So have you did you go to Israel at all? No. Um, no, I didn't. Um, it was, you know, I think you have an idea of what movies are going to be like, like mm -hmm. big, big budget movies or bigger budget movies when you when you're younger and you and you think about the first time you book a big role, you know, you think you could possibly think, well, I'm going to meet the family, I'm going to meet the person if they're still alive, yeah. if I'm playing an actual person based on a, a real person, or, or all these different things. And then you realize, like, oh, well, I guess it depends on case-to-case case and situations. But with in my case, it was more like, okay, you got the role. Just do your thing. Here's some resources. Mm -hmm. But just kind of build it how you want to build it. And because I lived in um, Los Angeles, it was, I looked around for Moshe, uh, his family, and, and, and things like that. But it was very difficult to find. But there were some... Um, 
some Israeli actors um, who who I obviously lived there, so they were able to meet the actual people they were playing. Okay. And because I mean, they, they live in the same town. They're there. They're yeah. close. You know. Um, but for me, it was a little bit more. Uh, seemed a little bit more difficult. So I just did the research and tried to through books and through books and and things like that. I'm trying to be as informed as I possibly could. Um, but it's interesting how that movie became came about because Chris White, he's a, uh, the director mm-hmm. of Operation Finale, and uh, he's actually the EP, the executive producer on Boogeyman Pop. I saw which that. Was how I met James when okay. he when he uh, initially we did a sizzle reel for that, and that's the first time I met James. I don't know three or four years ago. So. Okay. And, um, which he's one of my favorite actors. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so Chris had seen Wolfman's Hammer, the first film I did with Brad Elmore, who's my favorite writer and director. And then from there, it kind of just like, you know, I think he, he was ready to kind of have me audition for. Okay. So that's, that's how that came yeah, about. Cause, yeah. Cause he was watching, you know, I think dailies of, of, uh, Boogie Boogie Man. pop and stuff. And I think he was thinking, I, I wonder if I could get this guy in a, in a role for this film I'm going to direct. And so he had me um, send in a couple self-tapes for it. and then, But yeah, it all, came, all really came from the Wolfman's Hammer uh, film that Chris saw back in 2011. And was that your first acting role, Wolfman's Hammer? Well, that was my first uh, legitimate acting role. Okay. Because before then, I had done, you know... Films that that people I did a couple films that some people made, but they. Um, I had always kind of wanted to act and thought about film and the arts in, in a very obsessive way, but it wasn't until I met Brad Elmore where where I truly realized that this was somebody who was very special and um, somebody who was incredibly talented, and so when I did when he asked me to be in the film um it was the first time somebody gave me an opportunity to really see how far i could stretch myself Mm -hmm. the first time somebody really believed in me in that way and trusted me with uh, such an important role and we had never worked with each other in film but we knew each other for years before then and we both knew he knew that i was an actor i knew that he was a filmmaker and we just kind of came together and did it over the course of i think like 10 or 11 months or something and and yeah, we just, from the first time I think we, we shot a scene, we just looked at each other and we knew, like, this is what we were born to do together. You yeah. Know? Uh, see, we have a shorthand together that's just unlike any working or relationship that I've ever had. Um, and I fully trust him. So that was like, in a way, that was the first real film I did. Yeah. Um, You're very captivating in that film because I, I, I had an opportunity to watch it. And it's, yeah. it's I, I, you know, it's crazy story mm-hmm. and you are just like I mean you're in almost every scene yeah I'm in and, a lot of it and you're uh, that character is so interesting did you the idea of um, like uh, someone having like a wolf man like where the moon comes out and they have like a different side of them is like an interesting uh, thing that I felt like you played with in that movie where you you kind of have this darker side that you suppress through metal music is kind of what I yeah took, took for yeah. you and then, you know, uh, the killing of your cousin mm-hmm. forces that darker side to come out. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you, do you think most people have a, uh, like a, a darker side that they suppress or just feel, feed through some other kind of art or... Um, I can't speak for other people yeah. but because I'm not really sure. I know there are some people I've come across who don't seem like they really have that... Um, but I know in my life it's very true because uh, I mean I've had my battles with you know the darker side of things and, and struggling with that and trying to make sense of it. But for me, I, I think for a lot of artists they mm-hmm. experience the struggle of that and basically trying to um, get to a point to where you can uh, use some form of expression to kind of release that. Yeah. You know, because. So let's say somebody's feeling really 
depressed or in a very dark place and and they just have nothing to no outlet to express that an outlet they'll just stew on it and eventually it could lead to something that's a a terrible outcome what if you have a guitar or a piano or a a part to play in a movie or a canvas to paint on well then you can uh, express what you're feeling and then once you create the the piece of art or whatever it is you can look at it and kind of get a better understanding of yourself and and how you fit into these emotions that you were feeling as you were kind of expressing them. And it doesn't always solve the problem, but I think that's what the thing that's great about art is that it connects other people who are feeling similar things, you know. Yeah, absolutely. When I was young and I saw East of Eden, I didn't really understand these feelings I was having about my father and about who I was and everything. And I saw uh, that film and I saw the way James Dean played that character and there's just that opening scene where he gets he hops on the train and then he puts his, his collar up mm-hmm. and I immediately got you know what that was and I was like that's that's me that's I, I feel that way okay yeah. you know so I think it just it brings people together in a way that um, uh, other other things can't our art is is amazing like that so well yeah well, I've, I've talked with um uh one of my good friends that both his parents are therapists so he oh yeah so he, he we talked about it and he said that his parents one of the main things they tell people is that their feelings they're feeling everyone has mm-hmm. so as these a lot of people come into you know um, a therapist and they have these weird feelings that i think they're so unique or i have these bad feelings and when they're told that oh no that's common it actually dissipates and they feel a lot better to know that other people are struggling through similar things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So there's so to watch, be able to watch a movie and watch someone go through, you know, maybe their father dies and your father died, and be able to just um, be able to watch that and connect with that. I feel like is therapeutic. Yeah, there's actually which talking about um, this whole group of people we've been talking about. Like, there's every once in a while, I don't know if you have a similar experience where. You see a perform. You see a lot of performances throughout your life. And, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's some some of it impresses you very much. Well, there's other performances. Back to what you're saying about feeling like everybody feels those emotions. Where you see it and you go, "Oh my God! I don't know what that is that this person's doing." Yeah. But they, I it, it stays with you. You can't get over it. Yeah. Maybe it's because. You feel a connection there, like a, of something that they're expressing through their art. You're feeling that way, or something. And James is in this uh, film bit, uh, Brad's newest film, yeah. newest film. And uh, his, I, I got to see his performance, and it. it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, it's that same kind of thing, you know. You see, well, every once in a while, you see some, some, somebody doing, expressing themselves through art, and it's like. Just rings so true. Okay, yeah, it rings yeah. so true. It's it's kind of cathartic in a way. So I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's yeah, really, it's I. I is that? Is I don't want to go on and on about it, his performance, but it's 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 scary. Like how really good it is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I there's not many times uh, for me when I'm watching a performance where where I'm th- totally baffled and think how does this is this person doing this? You yeah, know? it's the same thing with with. Uh, with Brad, I, I don't understand how his mind is capable of, of, of creating the things that he does. Um, but yeah, and uh, anyways, I don't I'm, know where I'm going with yeah, that. But. Well, no, but I'm excited to see more of uh, Brad Brad Elmore's uh, movies. Cause he, I only he's, watching uh, yeah. Wolfman Hammer. I mean, he he is a filmmaker. He's you know he's the truest sense of he's he's. I mean, I could go on and on. He's, yeah, he's my favorite filmmaker. He's my favorite writer, my favorite director. Yeah, he's he's going to be revolutionary. What he's what he's going to do in the next you know decade. Whatever. Yeah, people are going to not. They don't know what they're, what they're in to, for. Yeah, yeah, they don't know what they're about to experience. So that's exciting. Yeah, and it's good to feel that way about your friends. You know, because I have yeah, uh, Dayton's and Kaya is one of my favorite actors as well, and Michael Renda. Is, one of my favorite actors and it's good to know a community of artists that you just inspire you, mm-hmm. you know, like um yeah because i think that's how you get through day to day you know yeah by other people who like you know 
they get up, we gotta make music or get up, we gotta, I got this, you know, yeah, whatever. Like, they inspire you to come to your A game too when you see other yeah, people yeah. you know, push, like push you to be killing. your best, you know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I give a bunch of shout outs to the uh, the crew, but to James, yeah. To yeah well, you're the reason you're on this show right yeah, now, yeah, because so I work, I worked yeah. with James Paxton, and right. So, what was, tell me a little bit more about that experience. So that was that, that was such a cool experience. So that was a movie called Moose. So mm-hmm. it was John Travolta, directed by Fred Durst, who is an awesome director. Yeah, I've really, heard really amazing. Yeah, really that. amazing, yeah. and um, you, you know, my people might think he might come in with. Um, you know, they only know him through his attitude of Limbiscuit. Yeah. But he has, you know, he's, when when he's directing a scene, he comes in and it's very collaborative. There's no like weird, huge ego, rock star ego okay. coming in. He's he's saying, you know, he comes in and he goes, well, how do, how do you think this should go? But, you know, he knows he has the story so in his head. Um, yeah. But he's just, you know, it's a very collaborative experience and everyone was really feeling like they were helping make the movie, which they were. So, that the experience on this film was just like, because I'm sure you've been on films where it kind of feels like you're not a puppet, but more or less like yeah. dictated. Cattle. Yeah, cattle. And there was no feeling like that on uh, on movies. So were you guys part of the, you and James part of the same like squad? Yeah, like, so, J- so, so James and I were, uh, we played these uh, Hollywood Boulevard uh, street performers uh-huh. that, that would, uh, we had a little racket going where I would, my character would distract an audience of like all tourists, right? And James's character would uh, walk around and pickpocket everybody. Oh, okay. While cool. so like you know we would have like a bucket where people throw like a dollar every once in a while mm-hmm. in. But the way we really made money was we pick James would pickpocket everybody. So that's it's, cool. It's a pretty funny, really fun little cool. racket we had. And then yeah. uh, John Travolta's character is also a uh, a Hollywood street performer. John Travolta is. One of the best of all time. One of what the best it, of all what, time. What was it like working with him? Amazing. Again, what was it? What again, was it? someone that was it's very giving, so giving, and like so genuinely nice. Like yeah. not nice for like oh for a movie star he was nice. No, for like for like any per, anybody he was nice. He was just yeah. a super nice guy, and he he same thing giving uh, would ask you questions. You know, you, you, John Travolta's asking you, how do you think that went? And you're like, I, I mean, amazing. Yeah. You know? Well, I had a similar experience with uh, working with Oscar. It, um, the guys who were kind of running the ship, the big, you know, movie stars or whatever. Yeah. Who have the power to kind of like, I mean, they're the biggest name in the scene. You know? Yeah. They, they've been a, around for, for a long time. They've done amazing work. But uh, with him, it was it was kind of like uh, looking over the scene, saying, "Okay, what do you think about this? So, what? Do, why am I grabbing this piece of paper here? What do you think? Okay, what do you think?" And, and, yeah. and you have this collaborative type of thing, uh, where in my past experience with movies, it's just like you get there, you do the scene, and that's it. And yeah, they have a tendency. It sounds like Travolta's the same way to kind of bring everybody into into the energy into of the it. scene of like. What the intention is, yeah. and what that was he like? So he was yeah, like so that. He, he was similar in that. I mean, so we're talking about greats. That must be an attribute of yeah. being a great actor that they're coming in and they're they're questioning. But that's that's funny because it sounds like such a simple observation or like a, you know distinction of what makes someone great. But it was really it clicked in my head like oh my god, this is what you have to do yeah. when you're approaching a scene. You do the work before the preparation, do the, the scene study, all that stuff, lines, all that. But then when you go to the scene, then you have to break it down again. Yeah. And figure out what it's what it's about, you know. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and, and is it working? I remember there was a moment with um, Travolta where my character just had, it had all these lines, and it was just like, you know, oh, yeah. what he was like, what do you want from me here? Mm-hmm. And like once we established that, he's like, okay, so just ask for that. You know, really? then, yeah, it was like, so it was real, we like, and you know, Fred was in there and we were just trying to figure out like, what is the, boil it down, what do you want in the scene? Wow. And try to get that from me. And so it was just, Holy you know, we were, we were almost like, uh, Jesus, that's, 
And then, you know, Travolta's also dropping line. I mean, he's saying, like, you know, Tarantino told me once. You oh, know, and yeah. every, everybody on the set's, like, leaning forward. Like, yeah. what, what, what did Tarantino tell you? Yeah. But yeah. What, he, what he said was that Tarantino told him, um, he was like, you know, sometimes a, dir- a direction doesn't have to be super complicated. He was like, one time in Pulp Fiction, Tarantino told me to put the inflection on this word instead of that word. Yeah. And he's like, that's... and it opened, like, oh, it made sense. Yeah. So I remember, that's, yeah. Yeah. So that's super interesting because you, you think maybe the direction's always got to be super high-minded or... Well, that's what I find about the good directors that I've worked with. It's not, it's not too much, you know, explaining like the way you should... Like, I think the worst type of direction is a line reading or something, but... Sure, yeah. But with the, with the good thing is just like, yeah, the way you emphasize this syllable. Do mm-hmm. it like this, maybe. Yeah. Or something. Like Brad will do that a lot. Like it's, it's not like heady getting in there and, and saying walk like this or talk like this or say this line like this. It's it's more like you're doing you're doing an amazing job, but just when you say this word, maybe emphasize it more. Mm-hmm. Or, or these little things, and that changes. Like you're saying the whole the, yeah the whole vibe of the scene, the whole yeah kind of your intention and yeah. yeah. So I worked with some, especially when I was doing a lot of the backstage stuff where these directors didn't know what they were doing and they, they'd be like, show you how to walk and how to open the door and how to walk yeah, and all how of, to say. All of a sudden you know, you're so stiff. Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah. What, you, why don't you just do yeah, it? Well, yeah. Why don't you just do it and then we'll, we'll film you Yeah. and you'll, we'll give you the credit and I could just go home and I'll not have to deal with this bullshit. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they're great directors just kind of get out of the way and let you. And like you, you were saying about Fred, it seems like he's already knows where the end point is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. But he's working with you. And he's asking you what you think, what you think. Yeah, I, I find that the good ones kind of lead you mm-hmm. where they already know it's going to end up. But yeah, they let you discover it. It's going to be better as if you if do that. You know. Yeah. So it's he was kind of like that. Yeah, definitely kind of like that. You and know. he was. Um, I think he's Fred's had that script we wrote with. Uh, um, a writer named Dave Beckerman. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's had that script for like ten years. Wow! And I believe James's dad, Bill, was going to be in it originally. Okay. That was the plan. Huh. Um. So it's great that James got to be in it. Yeah. At least you know. But uh, yeah, that was that was that was a great experience. When is does that have a release? Not right yet. No. But uh, this year, hopefully, I imagine uh, later fall later or you know but um yeah the um and then you you also you directed a short did i see that yeah yeah it's on imdb but i've yeah i've been i tried to watch it it's not i couldn't find it no you couldn't find it because i'm a lazy ass and i uh haven't gotten around to uh finishing the final post yeah um is directing something you want to pursue more though well well well, in a way, yes, but but the thing is, is once I did that, even though it was a short film, I already had, have always mm-hmm. had a tremendous amount of, amount of respect for directors, mm-hmm. um, especially being so close to one. Um, but, uh, you know, doing it is actually another another thing. It's uh, it's It's really, it was kind of, kind of an insightful experience into seeing you know all the different hats you have to wear and all yeah that. I mean it was just a short so it wasn't and it didn't really it was pretty relatively easy to do but but then the also knowing that once you watch the footage and you and you start to put it together like this is you're not just an actor in it who could like get off by the like, actors have it easy in a way because the reviews will rip apart the director or yeah, the writer it's, it's like, his fault. to shreds. Yeah. So if you're the filmmaker and you wrote and directed it, it's like it's personal. All of it <laughs> is on you. Yeah. And it's your responsibility. Like if it's good, if it's bad, if it's the worst <clears throat> thing anybody's ever seen, it's all gonna fall on you. Mm-hmm. So having that kind of I can't imagine that kind of uh that kind of pressure that that would that I would put on you as a director, especially with a studio film or, or, or any low budget film, any film where it's all going to 
fall on you. You know, that's on your a name, lot of your pressure. legacy. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure, and I got a, even more respect now after getting a little glimpse of it um, for directors, especially writer directors. So I would like to direct again, um, but I think my films that I would make would be more kind of you know, expressionistic type of, you know, where I'd put a bunch of my own music over it and mm -hmm. just a lot of shots of like kind of esoteric stuff. Maybe that's a cop out because I don't want to be judged for actually trying to make a, a narrative film. Um, Someone doesn't understand but, it. But just where yeah. I'm at right now, I just like to do more experimental stuff. I, yeah. I don't think I have the ability as a writer to really, to do, to create a, uh, a film of, feature length film that's that's good enough to, to be considered actually in that class of films as like an actual real feature film but doing like little experimental stuff is really is really fun and yeah. exciting you know um, but the takeaway from it is basically that it gave me even more respect for filmmakers yeah after kind of seeing like oh shit the boom was in that shot what was that my fault I should have block that better oh yeah now i gotta block this but then the camera there's a white wall right there like what do i do you know, like, <laughs> yeah there's, you gotta think about everything yeah you yeah so and that was just well two days we shot it in my apartment you know with my buddies it's yeah like, i can't imagine having a whole crew and and just the fucking and the money and all the all the various things dealing with the producers and, you. yeah you, you need approval for this you need approval for that you know and the producers don't like this way it's just it sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, you, know? you gotta really want to do it. So yeah, so yeah, you gotta, and you gotta be, you gotta be competent to, to be able to pull that off. So yeah, but I can imagine that's you know if you're a writer director and it's your story you're telling and you feel you need it, this story needs to be told. I would almost feel like that would be. Um, I guess what I'm saying is if you're just like a hired gun to direct, I could see yeah. how you would like l uh, lose um, passion or something potentially. Yeah. I guess unless the story really spoke to you. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I guess if you're a director, any story you're directing is a, you're directing it because you believe in that story. Right, right. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's a, it's a very admirable Thing yeah, insane. Do. And they're they're on it for a couple years. Oh yeah, well yeah. that's the thing yeah. too. As an actor, you know, you get to. Uh, I mean, you do the the prep work and all that, you know, into a couple months before, and you're invested into it and and, and everything. And then you film for a month, two months, but but after that, you're. I mean, you're done, and for like a year, two years, however many years, these these people are still working on the film, trying to make it right, editing, doing all the posts. Yeah. Stuff. And uh, and you get to go on and and um, get other jobs or like sure whatever. I mean, I never really thought about a lot of this stuff before. I kind of saw the behind the curtain a little bit with some of my the people I know go through and stuff. Yeah. So it gave me a better appreciation of it. I I think. And when I got back from Argentina, I was a little, you know, I don't know. It fucked with my head a little bit, you know, because all of a sudden I had, I had a little bit of money. I had like, you know, I felt like I had a, you know, big dick or whatever, and I could go out, <laughs> out to Hollywood every night and spend money and fucking, you know, whatever. But, but now I've kind of, I think, uh, you have these expectations that. Oh, I'm gonna be in this big movie, and it's gonna be in all these theaters. And mm -hmm. the next thing you know, I'm gonna just get offers, and it's gonna yeah. be amazing. And I'm gonna be riding in limousines, and then you realize, no, <laughs> no, 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 like minor changes. Yeah, but 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 you still have to you still have to keep hustling to get you to still the have to keep hustling. Yeah. you still have to keep trying to. This will definitely open, and sure, it already has opened doors. I mean, it has for sure, <laughs> but I think my expectations that I've always had about things have always been unrealistic, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, a, I think a part of the problem I have with, with the business is, is, is that problem. Um, but it's also one of those things where 
cumulatively, like you, you look around after a while and you go, whoa, I have kind of acquired some things that I didn't have before. Yeah. But because maybe because it doesn't all come in one big, beautifully wrapped gift box at one time, like Christmas, you're like, it's harder to appreciate it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, my own personal experience, it kind of seems like that sometimes, but yeah, there's something where I, I like kind of played a mind game where, you know, my acting career is not where I personally want it to be right now, but I'm, you know, but then I think like if I was in high school and I thought that, you know, oh, I just, like if you were in high school and you're like, oh, you were just in this movie that was in theaters, like you'd be yeah. so jazzed. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. I, I get to be in that kind of oh, movie, yeah. you know? I would, uh, I would, I would ask out Kristen Ruiz. Is that the, that was the, that was the girl like, in yeah. school? But uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah, there's that looking, like looking at it from a different perspective. Because when you're in it, it's hard to realize what you have. Or you'll talk to somebody who will be like, wow, man, you know, how, how do you, how do I get what you have? Or what, you know, and you mm. kind of realize, oh, wow, actually, maybe I yeah. do have some things. Well, I remember I used to be ashamed to say I was an actor. Yeah. Because... I wasn't a working actor yeah. and I, I was like not making money at it, you know? And I, I thought for the longest time, I just want to get to the point to where when somebody asked me what I could do, I could say, I'm an actor mm-hmm. and I have the work to back it up and, and I, I make a living at it. And so now I'm at that point, but now I'm thinking, I just want to get to the point to where I can live in a nice hotel. You know, so it's, like, it's weird how you're you, these. You want to live in a hotel? Oh yeah, Yo, room, room service. Oh yeah, and, nice. and, and everything like not have to worry oh, that's about anything. Awesome. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's yeah. kind of an ex- uh, example yeah. of like you're you always have different milestones that you want to reach. You know, sure, like yeah, goals you want to achieve. But when I think about it, it's really cool to be able to say like, "Hey, I'm a working actor," mm-hmm. and like. That's a huge you look achievement. look at my resume. What yeah. have you been in? Well, I was in this. And, it, you know, I remember a time when somebody would ask me, you know, well, you're an actor. What have you been in? And I'd kind of cower and, and oh, well, yeah. well, you know, I was in this uh, short film and, you know. Yeah. So it's cool. It, it is really cool. But you know. it is nice to be able to say, oh, I'm actually in a movie that's in theaters right now, Operation Finale. <laughs> you know, like that's got to feel good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really cool actually. Uh, it's it's kind of really surreal, cool, but it's but it's weird. It's, yeah, it's kind of I don't know. Maybe I think about things too much, but I mean, I I just try to enjoy it. It's 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 I feel very blessed and fortunate to be where I am right now. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna overthink it. It's just that's very cool. It's really cool. Yeah. You uh you mentioned uh that. Uh, you and the rest of the um, uh, cast had all been in Argentina for like three weeks, and then Ben Kingsley came. Yeah, I think it was like two or three weeks, two or three something weeks. like that. Yeah. So that kind of was that uh, on purpose by Chris, the director, to kind of create a separation, like a like a, a unity between all you guys, and then this. Um, I think that might have just been a scheduling scheduling thing. It was, it's nice to think about that. That's. Because it was effective. Yeah, because you know Spielberg did that with um, "I'm Saving Private Ryan." He did all the um, uh, soldiers went through a basic training camp, mm-hmm. uh, except uh, um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. So then Matt Damon comes in all fresh boots and like they're like, "Well, fuck this guy," and yeah. that and that's their attitude in the movie towards that yeah, character. Well, that, yeah, that's really brilliant. Actually. Yeah, I don't know if that was. Uh, part of the strategy but it definitely worked you know it definitely did um i don't know yeah and, uh, for those who haven't seen that movie that it, it really is like you you leave that movie i it, it's interesting we're talking about like um like you know your character how he almost started to, he laughed at one of uh, eichmann's jokes yeah and it's just interesting thinking about the fact that, you know, that's basically as bad as somebody can get. Eichmann, you know, mm-hmm. responsible for millions of deaths, but he's like, he's still a human, yeah. which is crazy. Because you want to just think that he's just pure, 100% evil. Mm-hmm. But like, he like, you know, um, 
has a son that he loves. And it's like, it's, it's you like, you're, at least my brain, like, I don't want him to be able to have those human traits. Yeah. But they do. It's just, and I just left the theater um, thinking about a lot of that, which was just a really, I feel like that movie really uh, helped you. It, it didn't like, it, it allowed you to see that, that this was a, a person. Yeah. I think it did a, a good job of, of, uh, of getting that across. Um, that's sort of the banality of evil thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard when you're so close to, to something to kind of, you can't really be objective with it, sure. you know, because I obviously, from the minute I um, booked the role, had expectations or hopes of what the movie would do, and and now it's out, and it's kind of up to the audiences and the, uh, the critics and everything else to kind of decide what it'll do. And over time, we'll see, you know, if it's... Uh, but, uh, but I think it's a good... I think it's an important film mm -hmm. because especially where we're at right now, you know, I, I think it's important that people watch this film and, and the, the story gets told repeatedly throughout the rest of history. Cause yeah. it, these things do happen and they, and they're terrible things and you need to learn from our mistakes. And yeah. Learn from them. Um, not think that it's some, you know, isolated time in history that these monsters were Nazis. It's like they were, these were people that, yeah, but like you, that became like that, but that it, made decisions. You, it's it's like, I think the more terrifying thing is not seeing some like monster, like not that there's a monster under the bed that that the neighbor who's an accountant that lives next door cooks people and eats them. Yeah, and you find that out later. Yeah, you know, like how is this seemingly, um, you know, nice harmless person capable of doing these things mm -hmm. and just like there's something off there and and so like when uh when horror comes with a smile it's a little bit more terrifying to Definitely. me than you know because after all people are people they're just yeah it also makes you question like well like is that in me somehow too like am i yeah. capable yeah or, i mean I, we all have these <clears throat> deep dark I mean, I don't know if we all do, but I know... We I have do. a wolf man. Like, we have yeah, these, yeah. these dark thoughts that we have to stop immediately mm -hmm. and say, no, let's reprogram ourselves here because that's not the, the way I should be thinking. Yeah. I shouldn't walk up to this person and punch them in the face because they did some stupid little thing that's not even important. I should go up to them and shake their hand and say, hey, how are you doing? You know? Yeah. Like, just these thoughts that come in, into our brain so that's interesting to think about, but yeah, you know, every time you read the read the news or or, or see something, it's always, oh, he was such a nice person. He kept. I know. Himself. Yeah, that's always, that's always that's always the story. But I mean, also there's there is a there is another side to. I'm, I'm not saying there's another side to. I'm not justifying, um, that that mentality at that time. But but there was a a feeling of you know and and. Eichmann talks about it in the film, you know. They were coming in, uh, taking the jobs, everything like that. Although these people were pieces of shit that fucking did a horrible, horrible thing. It's like, I don't try to think about it too much in the sense of justifying it, but just but just that, you know, he, he seemed to uh, kind of justify it by saying he was just a pencil pusher, you know, paper yeah. pusher, whatever. He... he <clears throat> He just did paperwork, and he sent the trains, and he was trying to, in a way, send them some. At one point, in the film says he tries to send them somewhere else, and all this. Oh things. yeah, yeah. And and like, maybe that's the way he justifies. It. Maybe that's really the way it was. Yeah. Deep down in his heart, he probably has a hatred for these people because mm -hmm. of certain things that are motivated motivated by certain things. But I don't know. Um, well, I think that is almost important to see that element because you could um it makes you more aware that you don't somehow become a, a cog in the machine yourself yeah and you know it, what i mean yeah because you might think like oh i don't have you know I'm not boiling with hatred so i can never do anything like that but you could become part of a system without really knowing that you're you know like i mean there's there's certain trends in our country now where people could uh, i don't know with immigrants and you could yeah just, i know you mean, a lot you know? Of, i know a lot of good well, 
people that I think are very good that have some beliefs nowadays that that I don't really understand how they have them, but I, I think that they're because they're so they're not exposed to the 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 reality of some of the things they they think, and it's just filtered through various forms like media and stuff, and it's like oh you know well we just have to our country. Yeah, there's these just things. Have to look out for us, you know? Eichmann was saying something God, similar, right? He's yeah, like, I'm just protecting you know, my country that the, I love. In the Bible, it says this, and God wants all people to be happy. Yeah. You know, religion, whatever they justify. But Ab- Abner, the <laughs> the uh, Mossad consultant on the film, he was actually in the Mossad. In the, at one point, he, he said that um, Eichmann always said that he was just a cog in the machine, but he was the machine. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what for, especially for Abner, someone who, who is Jewish and Israeli and, and kind of was in the Mossad and has such a rich understanding of the situation and the context of it. It's like, let's not forget he was not a cog in the machine. He was the machine. Mm-hmm. He was the thing that was, was, you know, making the thing run. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I don't know. It's interesting to think about it. It was interesting. I, I like that the movie made you, it, it, it really made you think when you left. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. just it wasn't just a um, a showing of you know kidnapping this horrible man and you hate him the whole time. It was you, you felt what your character felt. Or at least I did. Where I was like, you know, I'm Jewish personally, so like, yeah, I, I'm looking at this this Nazi guy who killed six million Jews, and I hate him. But then I almost like start to like him a little bit because he's, a, he's yeah. you know and then I'm like I pull myself back I'm like I can't like that guy yeah you know yeah and so that was I really uh, thought that was a very interesting part of the movie that it well, yeah he's well he's an incredible actor yeah I know sure, sure the fans. fact that it's Ben Kingsley too and you he's a likable guy yeah he's in, in, he's, in, he's a great he's a great actor so yeah I mean both of those guys I think do a really good job of uh those scenes they have together where they're uh, talking in the room. Yeah. Some of it's very powerful, I think, you know? Yeah, very powerful. And uh, you need to be, you need to have two great actors to be able to pull that off mm-hmm. in that way. So, but yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's been out for, what, like two and a half weeks or something. Has it? I think so. It came out Wednesday for Labor Day. Okay. Yeah. So, I had a pretty good weekend. As far as box office is concerned, so we'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I think it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, nominated for someone will be nominated now at least. I think. I don't know. I maybe. I'm. I'm not. I could definitely. See, it's definitely gonna be on screeners. I imagine. Right. Uh, I mean, it. It just. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. On how, depends. How much money they're willing to bribe people with, or whatever. You know. How <laughs> yeah. What things those work. politics? Just, yeah, I don't know. Politics of it all is really, really interesting. I. I mean, I don't. I don't know how it all works, but I know that it's, you know, it has a lot to do with the campaign and stuff like that. Well, um, you see the billboards around town here for the, the Emmy shows, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny, like, too, because when I was going up uh, Barham, Barham, yeah. and then I went across Cahuenga, there's that billboard there that when you run right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the... The god of billboards, you know, right? Like whatever movie is on, is that, on one. that one, they've got the money to back up. Like, that's what seems like a very sought after, yeah, piece of. What, what, what's on there right now? Uh, a Star Is Born. Okay. Yeah, which I really want to see. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I want, yeah, I want, want to see it. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, just on Wolfman Hammer, the your like, um, your your character is uh, big into metal. Mm-hmm. And everything. So I, I mean, I'm watching you play in the movie. You obviously played before. That you didn't learn to play for that movie. You, you, oh no! <laughs> yeah. no, no, I started playing guitar when I was 12. Okay, nice. Yeah, and um, we had some, Brad and I had talked about making Aaron uh, like a metal guitarist. So that's not really how I play guitar, but uh, but kind of, you know, we kind of figured out a way to make it sound like he's been playing metal most of his life, and um. Music is always a big thing for development of character and story, I think. So, Brad and I just talked about, like, you know, Metallica, Pantera. 
I listened to a lot of the great Southern Train Killed by Pantera. I just would blast it in my car all the time and try to get into that. Um, which is funny because when I was young, I liked Pantera a lot. Okay. And I knew of a buddy of mine who was kind of like this big kind of like, you know, I kind of took a little bit of inspiration from his personality for Aaron and then also somebody else. But, um, but yeah, the music was, uh, I've been playing since I was 12 years old and, and we just kind of, it's the way that he wrote it. He was just this metal guy that just seemed good at one thing, kicking ass and, or what does he say? Kicking ass and playing the guitar. That's yeah. all I'm ever going to do. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, Aaron has such a big heart, you know? He yeah. just loves his cousin so much. He's a provider. He's like, Brad and I would talk about it. He said, like, this guy is a, is a provider. And in normal, if he had a chance for normal life, he'd be like the guy who, you know, comes home from work and his kid jumps over his shoulder and, you know, he watches TV and he fixes the stuff around the house. And he's just like, you know, uh, he's a provider. He's, he's, he's this type of person that you could just kind of, put so much weight on his shoulders yeah. and it'll carry you through. And I don't, Aaron is the one person for me. It's not, I don't even like associating the word character with him because he's not really like, and I'm not being hyperbolic or anything like that. I'm not exaggerating. I don't think that Aaron is a character. He's actually in jail right now. Oh wow. And one day he's going to bust out. And when he got and he comes to me sometimes in my dreams and stuff and tells me, you got to do better. You got to be better. You know, I know this sounds like kind of pretentious, but it's the truth yeah. because that was like our first Brad and my first like real just, I mean, we put everything into yeah. it. And I think mostly because of Brad, but because of also me kind of getting into that character, it just he became real. He mm -hmm. came into existence. And I haven't felt that way about any other person, um, really. I mean, I know there will be a day probably when Aaron will come back and I'll have to go away for however long. And it's, it takes some of the most discipline, you know, it takes so much discipline to be able to to do him justice and serve him in the way he should be served. But he's like the holy grail to me. You know, like he's just... I know what you mean, because like, watch, watch, when you watch Wolfman Pamery, it does seem like Aaron is a... Uh, like, that is his life, and Brad decided to like make a movie around him in like, almost like a... Doc, one of those movies that's like half documentary, half... Well, you people know, have said it kind of seems like a documentary. You know, yeah, like, yeah. <clears throat> Which it's well, it stems off of you and your performance because well, thank it, you. because it, you're so natural thank in you. that. You know, yeah, there's there's not there's not a second of like there's nothing. You're so unforced when I'm watching you, you know, Aaron. You. Well, I mean, the writing is just fucking incredible. And was it all scripted it, or was there improv involved too? Or uh, it was mostly. I mean. There was one line that I can think of that I say that's improv, but for the most part, um, Brad's writing is such that it's just, it, it's kind of like, it's so good that mm -hmm. you don't really stray from it too much. Yeah. You just, you don't want to, it, you don't want to really, I mean, you, you can add things here and there, mm -hmm. of course, as an actor, you do that, but, um, there's no need to really when the writing's that good. Yeah. And these people, you know, in that movie are are not just made up, you know. So many times in Hollywood you see a story about like I can think of that movie Hesher or whatever it was, um, with uh, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and it's a it seems like to to me I mean I've never I never saw the film, but it seems like there's a lot of films like that where Somebody who's kind of out of touch and hasn't lived in the world is trying to tell the story and represent these people. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that Brad grew up in, in, in these places and he's seen these kinds of people. Yeah. He's heard them say these kinds of things. Yeah. And I've known Brad long enough to where I've been in situations before I've heard things and then I've seen them kind of materialize in yeah. scripts. So that's, I think, another reason, one of the main reasons why it feels so real. 
Because drawn. he's not just pretending like, let me try to imagine what it would be like to be a guy who sells meth. He's like, he's met these people. He yeah. knows these people. Yeah. You know? um, well, that, that shows. Yeah, yeah, so that's why it probably... Um, that, that's a big reason why it feels like that. There know? was a movie, uh, you know, Three Billboards in, uh, outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, I never saw it. Okay. Everyone, uh, everyone really loved it. Yeah. But to me... It felt, you know, because the writer-director is, um, uh, he's from the UK. Mm-hmm. He's from, um, he's maybe Scott, Scott, or he's, 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 he's from the UK. And he, uh, he's writing about a story about these people in a small town in Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. And to me, I felt there was a disconnect. Because mm-hmm. it felt like somebody who wasn't from Ebbing, Missouri, writing about people from Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, yeah. It, you could just, you know, you could just tell mm-hmm. to me. You know, maybe, and maybe... You know, that didn't really, for a lot of people who enjoyed the movie, that didn't, they enjoyed other parts of the movie, but I got kind of caught on that and didn't like that, yeah. that separation. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what happens a lot of times, I think. Um, I've seen it so much, uh, so much of movies are like that, um, that I've, and that's why I think The Wolfman's Hammer is, is just, it's... You could you could say whatever anybody who who would criticize it or whatever they could say whatever they want, but they can't say that it's not real. That it's yeah, not, no, you can't. It's not genuine. That it's not truthful. That it's not saying something that is profoundly true. And it is, and it's a beautiful story in my mm-hmm. opinion because it's kind of like a you know there's different elements of Shakespeare and, and things like that. King Lear with uh, the meth addict and like Othello, all these different. But, but yet it's this trailer with this guy who just likes to jam on his guitar. Yeah. Know? Um, like who would think, who thinks of a story like that? You know, it's got some Thor elements to it, some different, uh, mytholo- mythological things and stuff, but it's got all these different things to it. But when you boil it down, it's just like this love story. It's a great love story. And right. I, I think that's brilliant. I, Anyways, it's been a while since I saw it. The setup is, for those, anyone can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, that's how I saw it. Wolfman's Hammer. So maybe we don't want to say too much, I guess. But the um, the relationship between you and your cousin and the the setup where he first, you you know, when his bike's stolen. Yeah. And then you see what he does. And so you know that he's got his cousin's back no matter what. Well, the funny thing about that is Uncle Rick. Yeah. That guy... He actually stole my bike <laughs> what? In, in real life, and he also <laughs> pawned my amp, and all did all this shit. So he's like pretty much the real. That was that was him. That was him, yeah. So oh, wow, yeah, he was great when uh, he, when, he, when he's talking to him about you know there's a bus in town now. Yeah, and then line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I probably shouldn't be saying this shit, but it's like you know, that guy fucked me over pretty bad. But uh, this was. Be after he played the part where he stole a bike that he stole yeah, a bike. Yeah. Anyways, he was like, "That's a good idea." No, I, I shouldn't get too much into it. Yeah. But, um, anyways, I hope he's doing well. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's authentic because it's life imitating art. That is interesting that that. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. And then. Uh, how how can we watch a uh, boogeyman pop? Um, well, it uh, played in Florida and New York um, recently at some festivals, and uh, I you know to be honest with you, I don't know what the does does Brad live in LA? He lives yeah. He lives. Okay, I, I mean I, I I'd like to get him on here. Maybe he'll, like okay, if I yeah, you think, you yeah, think he'd come I, on? I can't speak for him. I mean, yeah. I, I think he would. Yeah, um, maybe James and I. Yeah, I got you and James. Now I got I gotta talk him into it. Yeah, he's he'll he'll be a lot more interesting than me because <laughs> he's he knows how to talk and I don't. So yeah, well, I, yeah, same. I I can I can speak really well when I have the lines given to me. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's just weird. I I don't know. Some people are are great at just talking about the art and stuff, but. For me, it's like, yeah, it's easier to kind of hide behind what well, character. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, he's 
he would be able to definitely answer those questions, like any questions about Wolfman Samurai or, or Boogeyman or Bear. His titles are great. Yeah. What? Well, he's like the creator of, of yeah. these things, and so it's always weird. You know, it's kind of a little strange to me that uh, you know the actors are the one that go out and do the junkets and all that stuff from the press and you know. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the writer director. You know, it's weird. It's uh, like you got to sell the car, but you didn't make the car. You know. You yeah. Know? But uh, but it's cool. He. he I think he'd like to come on. I mean, I don't know. I'll ask him. Yeah. Ask him. Maybe I can then. Yeah. Before he comes on, see Boogeyman Pop and see and then that that you I saw like the trailer. Right? You got like a you have like sunglasses and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Each yeah, character I've seen that is like completely different. Like Mo, Moshe mm-hmm. is like from like because I that's the first thing I saw of you, mm-hmm. and then I saw Wolfman's Hammer. I was like, oh my god, that is that is like 180 different person. Yeah, I try to do that with every role. It's cool. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to, uh, you know, stretch, have that uh, that yeah. uh, opportunity to do that. Um, partially, you know, Brad has always like got some crazy, interesting roles. You know that that uh, like if you look at Aaron from Wolfman Samurai and then Matt from Boogeyman Pop, they're couldn't be more different yeah but that's what I was saying before too he's like he he, it's always good to have somebody who believes in you who Mm -hmm. who knows you know what you're capable of and is willing to there's a lot of casting directors and stuff that oh well you have facial hair you can't play a clean cut guy oh yeah they have such limited (laughs) imagination you know yeah when you find somebody who believes in you to the point where it's like they can see you as different they see your, they see like people. your energy. Yeah, it's it's a really amazing privilege. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, but um, yeah, it's cool. Well, any uh, yeah, any advice to aspiring actors? Aspiring actors, um, trying to think of how to uh, sum up sum it up. Yeah, in a in a very simple. Wait, but I don't think there's a simple answer to it. I think it it, it works differently for everybody. Um, everybody's got a different path. Um, but for me, it was kind of when I when I reached the point to where I didn't have any other options, and you know, I was my back was against the wall. I was like, I either jump in and do this shit. And apply to every job on backstage, Actors Access, LA Casting, IMDb Pro. Mm-hmm. And I don't stop until I keep, I just work, 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 work. Or I fucking get a regular job and I I live a life that I don't want to live. I mean, I'm third, I, you know, I have a daughter. I, I just got to the point to where I, I didn't have any other options. Mm-hmm. I had to do it. So I would just advise to just, if you really want to do it and you've thought about other avenues that you possibly might want to do or maybe are interested in and you come back to it and you say, I want to be an actor. That's, there's nothing that I want more and I need to do it because if I don't do it, I won't be happy. Then you just dive head in and you're head first and you just, like I said, put everything into it. Don't get a career, don't get a regular job that's gonna pay good because then you're gonna to have to focus your energy on the job. Mm-hmm. Like get some survival job, you know. That you can't wait to get out of. That you can't <laughs> wait to get out of and you don't make much money, so you're broke, so you're hungry. So yeah. just stay hungry, you know. I, mean, I don't really know. I'm really early in my career as well, so I just know that you can't half ass it. You gotta commit a hundred hundred percent. And that's the only way you're gonna gonna be able to make a living at it. Mm-hmm. I guess I could have cut all that bullshit out and just said the minute I started to look at acting as a job, mm-hmm. that's when everything changed for me. Instead of a hobby instead or a passion. Of, or... Well, instead of I'm so passionate, yeah. I only want to play roles that where I can express myself yeah. and all this bullshit, you know? It's like, yeah, that's there. But the minute you go like, okay, pay me the money 
I'll say the lines, I'll do a good job, I'll show up, Yeah. pay me the money. Yeah. Okay, on to the next one. Pay me the money, I'll say the lines, okay, well, I'll, yeah. on to the next one. You know, the minute I started to look at it like a job, because like I could either say somebody's lines, even if they're the worst lines I've ever read, or I can have this other job that I hate. Mm-hmm. Which do I want to do? Yeah. Fuck your integrity as a, as a creative. You'll have time for that. Yeah. You know? You'll always have time to have integrity through the arts. But right now, you've got to look at it as a job. As a job, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that helps. That's good. I mean, I don't know. Just for me. I yeah. can't speak for anybody else. But I, I was in a play um, in L.A. here. And um, I remember we, we got paid. And I remember just like, you know, not a lot. You got like... I think like the cast bit like 10% of the ticket sales or mm-hmm. something like that. But just getting the check, like I remember one night before performance, I was like, oh, I don't really want to, I'm like tired, I don't really feel it. And it's like, well, like I'm getting paid, this is my job, I got to go and just do it. Yeah. And there's no like, oh, I'm not really feeling it or I'm not, you know, it's just, it's, there is something to having it be your job. Yeah. It is a it job. It works. It is a job. Yeah. It's a J-O-B. And for a long time, I didn't like to think of it as a job. Yeah. I'm an artist. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sell out. I don't want to, whatever. It's just, it's a job. Job. It's a good job. It's a really good yeah, job. Yeah. I mean, you can have it as your job. You're lucky. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, so. Well, cool, man. I think we should end it on that. It's good. All right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Edit all the stuff out where I sound stupid, which is 95%. Of oh, we didn't even start recording, so we're good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah.